Hi, I'm Mel Majoros. I am a three-year cancer survivor. My blog, The Cancer Warrior, is one of the top 10 breast cancer blogs according to blogs.com. I'm here to bring a fresh, upbeat perspective to a topic that to some may seem scary. A positive mental attitude got me through my cancer, and I hope to share that with you. Today we're talking to a comedian... Michelle, Shelly, Ryan, you have lots of names. Uh, I do, and I'll answer to anything. <laughs> oh, no. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Mel? Great. So we were talking a little bit about, like, how, well, tell, like I said before, I feel like the uh, Nip Tuck people. Tell me a little bit about yourself, our, our listeners as well. Oh, okay. Well, I was um, born and raised in the kingdom of Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> I was... Uh, a little girl with a vivid imagination, um, only child, so I kind of invented brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. whatnot. So I think you know, the way I, I figure is that, you know, people say, well, how come you're so funny? I was like, well, I was just born that way. <laughs> you know, bring right. my parents. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, just throughout life, um, I know when we were talking before, I said having connected with some of my, you know, classmates and some friends that I grew up with, they're like, yeah, you know, you always were the squirrely girl. And, well, now you're doing something with it, so that's wonderful. <laughs> um, but I, um, I have always, I don't know, just for my own personal reasons and also being kind of that funny friend. I mean, like a few times I remember, like, junior high school, making people spray milk out of their nose kind of thing. <laughs> and that's awesome. that you wield such power with that, you know. So, um but I finally started, I think, kind of realizing this, you know, this gift and this talent and really wanting to do a lot more with it. I, um, part of the, the, what has been coined as comedy love, you know, it's a good feeling that you get from laughing and, yes. and the joy and everything. Um, kind of, well, it, it, it was apparent to me back when I was in, uh, high school. It was 1975 when Saturday Night Live came out. And um, I can't totally, believe you just uh, put your age out there, but okay. I did, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm 52. It's okay. I don't look it, though. You don't? <laughs> no. So anyway, um, and I don't act it either. So hey, you know, <laughs> I, I, I you know, walk the walk or whatever. But um, yeah, so, you know, being a, you know, kind of a, like a more introverted marching band kind of uh, geeky girl and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you don't get asked out as much as the cheerleaders do. It's just mm-hmm. a fact of life and all. And I, um, I enjoyed very much watching Saturday Night Live and really, really connected with Gilda Radner because, you know, she had all of these super cool characters. And just as, a, as kind of a, a bizarre Side note here, you know, when she did like Rosanna, Rosanna Dana. Yes. And I actually went to school with a guy named Richard Fader, and I don't know where he is. So, Richard, if you're listening, I don't who knows where he <laughs> ended up. But um, so it, um, you know, it was just always, uh, I, I think I've always embraced humor, always seen it as a, you know, a very important part of life. And, and I think it helps us get through just a heck of a lot of stressful moments you know you always i'm sure you've had those well we'll look back on this and laugh and at the time maybe it's well yeah not not the whole cancer diagnosis though well no no definitely (laughs) not and there are certain things you know that you don't you know necessarily 
just take lightly and all. But um, so as, you know, I kind of went along in the past, oh, I don't know, like 10 years or so of my life. And, you know, you kind of reach that that point where you're like, okay, well, so really now, truly, what am I supposed to be yeah. when I grow up? <laughs> and um, so I started with a uh, sketch writing group here in Atlanta called Sketchworks, and they kind of build themselves as the Atlanta version of Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. I did some writing with them, Uh, graduated from Funny Farm University with (laughs) flying colors, did some... uh, Don't wait, does anyone not graduate? Because uh, that know, would be pretty sad. I don't sad. think they actually flunk anybody. <laughs> but, um, sorry, Funny Farm, they just take you, they pretend to hand you a diploma and say, I'm sorry, you're just, no, yeah, really. you're just not funny. <laughs> Boo, you know, if they're throwing stuff at you, then yeah. no, you're really not funny. You see the teachers grab for the tomatoes, you know that you're in trouble, right? Right, right. So, um, so I've just, you know, kind of started, um, you know, one of the things that I, I write all over the place is that I'm a late bloomer making up for lost time. And um, just really enjoying, you know, kind of seeing where it goes, you know, just kind of, you know, not necessarily having a, you know, a strategic five-year, ten-year plan, but just seeing where life has taken me. And so far, it's a blast. Awesome. Now, you just got into comedy just because, like, were you doing anything before? Like, like as your mom would say, what was your real job? What was my real job? Well, I was actually um, a stay-at-home mom, which mm-hmm. that in itself is, yes. is humorous enough. So um, I have, uh, well, two grown children now, but I um, have been just, you know, enjoying that and seeing, um, you know, proof again that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree with them. <laughs> so, I've, yeah, I've, you know, I stayed at home, and um, just as I, I found myself you know, in different situations with things that happen in life, whether they're, you know, kind of mundane or they're kind of maybe a little stressful or something, that I started keeping these journals. Mm -hmm. And I would write stuff down. And then, you know, I don't know, then eventually I went back and kind of read it and said, um, okay, this might not only be beneficial just to me, but to others and that we all connect with different life situations. So I um, finally got it out there a couple of years ago. Um, a lot of these writings, you know, polished them up and started a monthly column at an e-zine called Flipside to Music where we dubbed the um, the name of the column Humor Highway. <laughs> and so we kind of had, you know, just like the road trip adventure and, and, and getting out there and, and all about, you know, it really is. It's about life's journeys and everything. So... So now you, this book is published, though, now, right? Did you publish it yourself? Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, I did. Actually, um, you know, in, in today's time with, uh, you know, with technology and everything else, I'm actually working with a local book printer by the name of BookLogix, who are absolutely wonderful. Um, but anymore, you know, if you, you know, you have a book inside of you, and then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, now I have to go to a traditional publisher. I mean, and that can take years and years, and I'm just, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so, um, you know, I went through the process of self-publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, my my publishing company and my little, uh, my business entity, which I call the, the, the conglomerate of, of Comedy Love, is called <laughs> Comedy Love LLC. I'm actually a limited liability corporation, whatever, you know. Yeah, what does that mean? I'm not really sure, but I'm not an INC. I'm not an INC. Oh. I'm an LLC. So you only have limited liability? That sounds like an insurance thing. I'm not really sure. So if I buy your book and I don't laugh, I can 
Come back. Yeah, and right. Say, you what's come up back with this? and say, you know, I didn't, I didn't chuckle as much. But um, <laughs> yeah, so on the what happened was it was on the um, the two year anniversary of these columns, and I just finally said, you know, well, you know, I would love to publish these, mm-hmm. and um, they really have a you know a variety of themes and everything else and then in the midst of all of that not too long after i started publishing the columns i got involved with a woman by the name of deb stevens who is in australia and she was starting up an ovarian cancer awareness organization called the field heal club and thought, you know, bringing in um, some of the humor, uh, some of the memories from Gilda Radner and Mm -hmm. everything else, just kind of tying it all together. So I became involved with them, um, some of their awareness campaigns. And um, yeah, the rest is, well, I can't really say it's history because it's ongoing. (laughs) So yeah, ovarian cancer is one of those rare diseases where it kind of seems like it's... um kind of an upset stomach but it lasts for a long time right and that's I mean I think and that's what's really hard and as Mm -hmm. I as I started getting involved with this and I mean and it's wonderful and I certainly you know I mean any type of you know awareness and and especially with this I mean you know everybody is certainly with with breast cancer and that's very serious but Mm -hmm. but we all been conditioned okay you know get your mammogram do your your self-exam and everything else and you know, with ovarian cancer, it's kind of like, yeah, if you can somehow get the, you know, the awareness and the symptoms and, you know, at least until they can work on cures and everything else to right. to get the early detection. And I'm sure that's why, you know, with, you know, with any, any form of cancer is, is, yeah, you don't, you know, and you think, oh, it, you know, that only happens to older people. Mm-hmm. Well, well, no, I mean. <laughs> Guess what? You know. You're wrong. So, Yeah. Sorry, no brain right there. Yeah, I think people don't realize that cancer can happen to them. I mean, I never thought that I would get cancer, that's for sure. Um, the thing about ovarian cancer, like I said, it's if you have a upset stomach for a long time, you should definitely see your doctor regardless. But, uh, you know, there are tests that you can take as far as checking it out, which, well, they are invasive, I'll just say that, because I've had them. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, they're, I mean, they're ultrasounds. And uh, they're basically, you could have the regular stomach ultrasound. This is kind of a funny story. So um, my doctor saw a polyp. I can't remember what kind it was because it was a couple of years ago. Oh, endometrial polyp. Okay. So we went to the, I went to the um, OBGYN. And they're like, oh, you're going to have an ultrasound. But they didn't tell me like all was involved. Because you think about ultrasounds, you think it's just on your stomach, like the, when they do the baby or whatever. No, right. it was the whole right. like, yeah, the whole shooting match. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh wow, hey. And I was like, uh, do I get, oh. do I get a, you know, some money or at least some alcohol? I mean, I felt like I needed. <laughs> yeah, like, really? Some, Can you buy me a drink yeah. first? Oh my it's like, god. There's some money on the dresser for you, lady. Get out of you know. I mean, oh, it was just dear. like. Well, and the funny thing was, is I went to my doctor and I was so mad and. And my fiance was like, you look like you've just been violated because he had a doctor's appointment at the same time. I'm like, I feel like I was. And I think doctors don't realize that we kind of want to know everything that's going to go on because that's not really the surprise that you're looking for. Right. You know, and, and hopefully, you know, my story is humorous because, you know, I bring, like you, bring humor into my uh, situations. Oh, I, hope, I hope it won't, like, deter people from getting one because, I mean... Right now, the what they call the transvaginal ultrasound, I think, is the only thing that they can actually see the ovaries with without 
I don't know, doing whatever they need to do. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's kind of in an odd twist of fate. The um, When I took this stand-up comedy class, uh, our, our teacher would, had been a road comic for, I don't know, like 20 years or so. His name is Joe Morrison and traveled with, like, Drew Carey and all these oh, people. Nice. He, was, he was really funny, but his... Um, his routine was about his testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, I, you know, after he got done and stuff, I said, you know, Joe, I said, you're the only guy who can do comedy, you know, about his swimsuit region, and it's funny. <laughs> you know, the rest of the time, I mean, because, yeah, most of the, the, the guys are like, those, whatever, they just got to talk about it and stuff. But his was actually funny. And then he said that at some time he was on the Bob and Tom show and doing his little thing because he had said that when he had you know both of his testicles he had uh, one child and then when he had one of them removed he had twins so oh. go figure it's <laughs> <laughs> like some exponential there's some kind of i don't know do the math there but um he was on the bob and tom show mm-hmm. and doing his little routine and he said not you know too long after that he gets a call from this guy and he says you know he said if I hadn't listened to your show, I probably, you know, maybe wouldn't be alive right now because mm-hmm. I went in and got checked, and sure enough, and he had it, and he was, you know, he caught it in time. And that, um, you know, I think that was part of my my inspiration. Right. I also kind of my, well, something else I do in addition to the, the writing is um, a lot of MC work, and mm-hmm. my first gig was for an organization called Indie Music for Life. It was up here in a winery in North Georgia. And um, we just had, you know, some music, and the fundraiser was for cancer research. And this this woman that I worked with was, I, I mean, just a dynamo. She had already beat cancer like three times um, and is still just, you know, going strong and has, has just keeps you know, looking at in the face, laughing and, and mm-hmm. moving on and, and sharing her music and and really doing the same thing, you know, spreading the word, the awareness, being an inspiration. I mean, just like you are, too. I mean, you, you know, you've you've had your experiences. You can share those with others. And and I'm sure that brings a lot of light and, and hope to people who have been diagnosed. Well, I hope so. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, I blog and I have the show Actually, I always tell people the show isn't about me. It's about the guest that's on there. And and like you said, I'm hoping that people listen and they have inspiration from Gilda Radner, who was a, you know, she was a comic genius. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> I think at the time there wasn't a lot of awareness about ovarian cancer. No, there really wasn't. I mean, I've heard read her book. Um, it's always something. I mean, mm-hmm. I've probably read it at least at least <laughs> ten times. Um, but but yeah, but to go into you know your doctors with symptoms and they go oh, oh you know it's it's nothing eh, it's just cramps honey or you know I mean whatever mm-hmm. yes. you know whatever it is and you know your own body and you know if it's sending you a funky signal and sometimes I mean I'm sure you know you do you have to go in and just mm-hmm. you know, grab the doctor by the collar and say no excuse me you know we're gonna get this checked out. And well, so. and also, if the doctor isn't giving you the answers that you want, find another doctor. The thing that drives me crazy is when people have tests or if they don't have insurance or whatever, and the doctor says, well, we'll just, we'll just wait and see. It's like, I don't want to wait and see. I would rather, you know, and you read all these articles about saying, oh, well, you know, if the women get biopsied, it causes more anxiety. I'd rather know than wait six months and be like, you know what, we could have done something, but now, oh, it's, sure. now it's stage three, now it's stage four. I actually had a friend of mine pass away from 
uh, I believe it was liver cancer because they said, well, we'll just, you know, we see a spot, but we'll just wait. Like, the hell are you waiting for? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that's it's like I always say, there's only one you, so you have to take care of it. And I've actually had friends who say, you know what, because we talked, I did fire my oncologist or I fired my doctor. Wow. And found somebody that listened to me. Yeah. You know? Oh, no, I'm sure that's that's so important. And, and as you know, I've kind of gone through this journey and mm-hmm. and started, you know, with, like I said, with the field teal and everything. And there was a, a comedy friend of mine who's in Albuquerque um, who lost his wife to it. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, my first book order was from this really, really neat lady. And um, she had, had lost her mom to ovarian cancer. You know, she up and orders 10 books. She goes, well, awesome. I was going to save them for Christmas <laughs> presents, but I read it from cover to cover and, and she said like the coolest things i was like and this you know this is validation and, and to me mm-hmm. I, I go beyond just entertaining i mean it's 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 really cool because anything i've done whether it's you know it's blogs or it's these columns and now it's this book is that that people connect and one of the things i did as a result of this kind of starting with my own journaling process is the book includes after each of the chapters like a little writing prompt because you know we'll sit here and we'll start talking and you'll share something and the first thing you'll say is well you know what that reminds me of the time right and, and it, so it's it's you know creating an opportunity for them to share some of their own memories you know so it's yeah it's just kind of beyond okay sit and read this and and, and laugh <laughs> ha ha you know no I want people to to connect and, and remember. I mean, I've got pictures of me when I was a kid in there. So, I mean, that in itself <laughs> lends enough comedic value. Yes, me in my band uniform. That that's wow, worth really? at least, you know, <laughs> at least a giant laugh or a guffaw or something. What What was the instrument that you played? I played clarinet. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, and I, you know, I still have it too. Wow, just <laughs> fun memories. But um, yeah, so when I, you know, when I started doing this, and I've kind of had. You know, the stories and the idea for a book inside of me, you know, really for a number of years. And, and I think the reason that it, it happened now was just my, you know, my very strong desire to, to do something to make a difference with this. So I am donating um, 20% of the proceeds to ovarian cancer organizations mm-hmm. um, just to, you know, to not only help with the humor, but, you know, whatever I can generate and do and help and save some women's lives and that's that's very important because i know that a lot of people are upset with um you know the big organizations like coleman and the breast cancer awareness because you know we get you know woo-hoo, we get all the uh, attention but right you know without well obviously without ovaries without your brain without you know everything it's i think it's lymphoma awareness month without your blood you know you wouldn't be here so i think it's time for the cancer community to start treating the body as a whole and not separate parts and uh <clears throat> excuse me uh, some friends of mine in the cancer community have talked about this a lot you know wow. it shouldn't it shouldn't be about like okay well we should only donate this much to breast cancer research you know i, I kind of like what stand up to cancer does they just like they basically want to cure everything yeah you know and i know that they say okay well if this helps breast cancer then it might you know if it helps lung cancer, then sweet. Well, well that's true, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's not funny, but kind of ridiculous that September, I think, has, like, four different awarenesses. And then yeah. October is, like, breast cancer awareness, and everything is, like, pink, craptastic, you know, everything. 
Right, right. <laughs> I know. Well, I think I saw one of your, I don't know, somebody posted something like that. It's like, okay, and then and then you're supposed to post like your, I don't know, like your bra color and, and not tell the guys. what. And, and so you, you'd write something funky. I'm like, you know, instead of, you know, doing that, it's like, no, you know, get out there. I mean, I, I know one of the groups that's out there that I absolutely love, and, and, I, and I do have my, my toes painted teal is like mm-hmm. the teal oh, awesome. toes. And, mm-hmm. yes. and, and now, apparently this fall, you know, like, you know, teal's really coming in but it, <laughs> it you know it, it does it I think it opens the door to to awareness you know not just kind of pigeonholing it and saying okay well only one kind of cancer or something like that but right, yeah which is ridiculous I mean I know people of all different ages with all different types of cancer and I and one of my uh, good friends passed away last year or not last year just a, a few months ago actually and she was an ovarian cancer survivor, and it spread to her lungs. And it oh, was, dear. And, yeah. yeah, I had seen uh, on Facebook about her story, and, I'm, and it said I stopped, decided to stop treatment, and she was more of a Facebook friend. And I was like, well, do you want to tell your story? Yes. And I recorded that. Uh, wow. The lady's name is the Carsonista, Sarah Feather. I saw that the other day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. She, wow. We recorded it on a Wednesday, and she passed away. It went up on Friday, and she passed away that following Tuesday. You know, that was almost like, hey, you know what? She she shared herself. She told she her did. story, and she she served her purpose. And wow, I'm, was, I've got like chill bumps now. <laughs> it was crazy. it was just like I know it was her story was so amazing, but yet it, it was very devastating for me at the same time because I remember uh, calling up and like, uh, you know, yeah, you know. So, but I mean, you, people like her and people like you, we have to make uh, ovarian cancer and cancer in general like the top thing that people are concerned about and you know I don't even know what I'm trying to say <sighs> sorry if I just lost my train there choo-choo chemo <laughs> like, brain. It's, like, it's like the crazy train it's the chemo brain train yeah oh dear <laughs> um we, you know we have to put cancer on the forefront because if we stop as cancer advocates then who will pick up the torch for us and I don't know yeah yeah you know because I- nobody does anything exactly like you as far as your comedy, and nobody does exactly like me. And yes, there are great uh, advocates out there, don't get me wrong, but, you know, your humor and somebody reading your book and going, well, you know what, I, you know, I haven't had Mexican food in a while, but my stomach sure feels like I have for a couple weeks. I think I should see the doctor. Yeah. You know, and that's very important. And it is, and I think, you know, just all of it is out there in this, um, the the campaign um, this year for the Field Teal Club is called the Titans of Teal, and um, we've, you know, kind of been out there with with a a very strong message, and, and, yeah, and the women who have who have survived and the people who support and, and just in general everything. And, and it was really neat because what, um, and, and Deb is like so cool. Well, she lost her mom to ovarian cancer. And, of course, her, her message is very strong. But um, it was just really neat because she says, you know, a titan is, you know, a mother, a daughter, a, you know, a, you know a, from every walk of life. But it was just really cool the way that she captured that. And she said, you know, a, a comedian who honors a fallen comrade. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool, you know. So, um, but yeah, I think just you know, with the book again, um, and it, it was just a fun process too, because you know I'm going through and I'm thinking, okay, you know, road trips. The first, <laughs> it's funny because the first chapter in the book, um, which is uh, born to be lost, <laughs> it 
it's like I, I rewrote the lyrics to Born to be Wild because it was <laughs> actually on my way to one of my friend Vicky's um, events for it was like a combination of well it's called the Festival for Change it was for the Indie Music for Life which was the um, you know the, the cancer fundraiser and then part of the funds were also going to her community's um, battered women's shelter and stuff so it was just really cool so you know I, I get my map printed I head out on the highway and then I get totally turned around and lost at the North Carolina whatever Virginia border and I've seen places and met people I never thought I would in my life but that in itself turned into like just tremendous comedy um, and everything so that's that was kind of the starting point of it and and kind of yeah equating um, you know, life's journey, and and mm-hmm. and yeah, the the road trip doesn't have to be you're physically behind the wheel of a car. Sometimes it's just you know your your own mind is yes, a exactly. highway or something. <laughs> but um, so so I really you know I kind of got to thinking about it, and I thought, okay, yeah, floor it, because that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not sitting here in neutral anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're here, we're back in the car, the driveway, and we're just going to burn rubber, baby. <laughs> so uh, awesome. So it's fun, and it's it was a, a neat process. And then um, in in doing all of this and talking to um, Deb, who is working with somebody, I guess who's who's composing a song or doing something like that. And I kind of got to talking to her. I said, you know, I want as much of this to go, obviously, to the cause as possible. Right. And knowing the you know some of the you know, the costs associated with it and everything like that. And I said, you know, I said, if I could just find somebody, like, really cool who could just do a, a cover for me. And um, this uh, this guy's wife, uh, her name is Michelle Tui, um, who's also in Australia. So my cover, I mean, I, this is truly an international initiative because my, my cover, which is, is, is cool, she, I said, you know, I said, kind of think like Yellow Submarine or, you know, an SUV, but it's kind of like got a personality to it. And so <laughs> the, the cover is just like so whimsical and it has this, you know, this brunette, you know, with the hair flying out the window and the, and the map and everything else. And I'm like, how did she do that? I mean, she totally captured the the personality of the book and, and of the author. And it was just, it's, it's cool and it's eye catchy. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to be flooring it and, um, you know, sharing some humor and creating awareness all at the same time. So it's just, it's really cool. I know. And that's important because humor, like, we were talking about before the show can get you through a lot you know that's for sure i think i don't know if i told you when i was uh, going through treatment and i i tell the story a lot on the show um i lost weight but i didn't look like sallow or anything because i work out a lot because as you know i play hockey and one of my friends who hadn't seen me in a while didn't know i had cancer she's like wow you look great are you going to the gym i said no cancer is the best diet i ever had you know and she's wow. like what oh but i mean <laughs> but i mean it's you know, everyone deals with everything the same way. I mean, I thought, well, you know, I could be all sad about it and I do battle with depression or I could laugh and joke about it and try to keep myself in a positive mood because, quite frankly, who'd want to be around anybody who's like sourpuss all the time? Right. And yeah, I mean, and it's hard. And, and like I said, I've not experienced myself, nor have I had anyone, you know, directly in my family or, or close to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you think about, you know, one of my other 
favorite movies was Patch Adams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, you have to, you know, be all serious and, and stuff like that. And it's like, no, you put on a big old clown nose. And, <laughs> you know, it's like going, you know, yeah, and it, it is. It's 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 tragic. Um, you know, I also did an, an MC gig for a little girl who was four years old who had a, a rare brain tumor. And mm-hmm. she has sadly said um, you know, passed on and everything, but but they continue to celebrate her spirit, her life. She loved music. She loved to laugh, mm-hmm. um, and she was just a delightful little girl. And if 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 things like that, and and yeah, we feel sad if you know, in any instance when um, you know someone dies, and that's right. uh, it's it's sad. But at the same time. Um, yeah, you know, you celebrate their life and what contributions did they make and the way kind of all my comedy actually started out, and I put this in the introduction to the book, but um, a friend of my sons, this was back when they were like in the sixth grade, um, Kenny, uh, his mother was killed in a head-on auto accident. And very tragic. Uh, it, it was it was just such a shock. It happened like literally like right outside our neighborhood too. But um, how how things connect and 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 just everything kind of coming into a really clear picture. When I sat at her funeral and I listened to her brother speak about her and how you know whenever he was feeling down in the dumps, well Lori would always come in and make him laugh and you know she brought such joy to all the family events and all this. So one time I'm talking to, to, to Kenny, and he says, you know what, Mrs. Ryan? He says, my uncle has the coolest job in the world. I said, really? I said, what does your Uncle Joe do? <laughs> and he says, he writes for Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it just, it sent chill bumps. I mean, because, you know, just the whole connection mm-hmm. of of that and everything. And so he did, like, he, he I think he had studied with, like, Second City and had done some stuff. But, but he was telling me, he goes, oh, yeah, one time at Thanksgiving, well, you remember that one sketch that was on that had Kevin Costner in it? Well, my uncle wrote that. And I'm going, no way. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Know? And so, so again, you know, it came out of a, a very solemn, tragic moment. But sometimes I think times like that give you a true wake up call. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, and I'm sitting there going, hi, it's me. Um, so what exactly am I supposed to be doing? What is my purpose here? What, what should I be doing? And, and so, so times like that, I think, you know, you know, in addition to the really happy, joyful times, I think that's what shapes us and, and continues us on, on our own life's journey. I agree. And you're right. You can talk for 30 minutes because, unfortunately, we're out of time. We are. Well, gosh, see, I knew. I was like, blah, 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 blah. And people go, do you come up for air? I know, right? Anyway. Well, since we're out of town, we'll have to we'll have to uh, have you back on. But um, Well, thank you oh, so much for um, having me here today. And um, um, tell, tell people where uh, we can get a hold of you on the Internet. Oh, okay. Well, I'm kind of all over Facebook, but probably <laughs> right. the easiest thing to do, I will, um, my website is www.shelleyscomedylove, it's S-H-E-L-L-Y-S, and then comedy, and then the word love, shelleyscomedylove, uh, com. or um, if you like more information about the book, I do mm-hmm. have a Facebook page, and it's just under Florit, the book, and you'll see this funky lady in a, a teal-colored <laughs> SUV, and that would be me. <laughs> so. Now, is your car really teal? 
It's not. No, oh. it's actually gray. It's not very exciting. <laughs> I do drive. I do drive a mid-sized SUV, but um, on, on the cover, I can kind of be whoever I want to be, and I, I have much fewer wrinkles too. <laughs> Thanks to my graphic designer. Well, there you go. That's perfect. Well, so. hang on, Michelle. I'm going to wrap up like I usually do. This is the Cancer Warrior. You can always find me on Facebook, like I always say, because I'm a Facebook junkie. Mel Majoros. You can also become a fan of the show on Facebook, The Cancer Warrior, on EmpireRadio.com. Check out my blogspot, TheCancerWarrior.blogspot.com. And as always, life looks pretty good from where I'm sitting. Sending you good vibes. It's The Cancer Warrior on EmpireRadio.com.